0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. You know, I was thinking this morning as I got ready for church that it's August. Do you know what that means? There's all sorts of things that means, obviously, because you've all given me something, but for me it means there's only one more month of winter. Even though we know we live in Canberra and winter stays till November, it's just even in my brain, just, it just helps me to know that you know there's one more month and the blossoms. Paul, oh, I were out the other day and the blossoms were out. I thought. Hey, Which country, which city are you living in? Because it's freezing. Anyway, so good to have you with us today. We are starting a new series. And um, it's the Hot Button Series. Who's got a hot button? Like, you know, someone touches something and you go, ma! Yeah, Yeah, we all do, don't we? So we, we... gave you the opportunity. We said, you tell us what you want us to talk about during this series. And, um, you know, the, the overwhelming majority of people who responded to our survey said that they wanted us to talk about, what do you think, relationships. See, Did that surprise you? It surprised me. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. No, well, we are. We are talking about relationships, but we're doing a whole series on it in October. So we're doing five weeks relationships. So we're talking about the other topics that people mentioned who filled in the survey. And if you didn't fill in the survey, sorry. In fact, the topic I spoke about this morning, the lady that put it in was in the first service. She said, oh, that was me, Mel. I didn't know. Anyway. Okay. So... We've got a great range, great range of topics we're talking about. Um, I know you're going to be blessed, encouraged, hopefully challenged, hopefully not offended. (laughs) We really don't, that's not our goal at all. But as we talk about the different hot button topics this month, one thing that both Paul and I, so I'm going to do two of the topics, Paul's going to do two, and Lars Halverson, new C3 Australia directors. Megan can't come, but Lars will be here next week. Um, He's going to do one. One thing that we will continually do is bring everything back to the central message of Christ. Because he is at the center of everything we believe and do. Jesus Christ. John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Truth. Jesus is the truth. And I think one of the challenges we have today is actually all about truth. The pervading culture tells us that Christianity is just one of many truths. In fact, there are no more absolutes in life. Whatever is good for you is what is true. Not true. deconstructionalism who's heard that term it's a term that Paul my Paul not the apostle Paul my Paul will touch on later in this series and it's prevalent at the moment and it refutes any attempts to produce a history or a truth deconstructionalism wants to deconstruct truth it wants to rewrite it well you can't deconstruct Jesus he is truth and we will continually bring everything back to Him. Galatians, in the message translation, Galatians 3, verse 1, says, You crazy Galatians. Did someone put a spell on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy's happened. For it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough our job is to always have the crucified Jesus resurrected as well in clear focus in our lives. Colossians 1 says this, We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He is the center. He is the truth. Our greatest call as Christians is to continually be coming back to him and seeking him. So that's our foundation, guys, for this series. That is our foundation. So today, the hot topic that came in that we're talking about is the end times. Are we living in the last days, the end times? Is the world coming to an end? Does climate change mean the world is going to implode? What do you think? Back in the 80s, I'm old enough to have been in church in the 80s, 1980s, not 1880s, thanks. (laughs) That was my brother, not my husband. Back in the 80s in church, end times was everywhere. That's what we talked about. The left behind series. Anyone? Some of you are shaking your heads, some of you are going glassy-eyed, it's okay. The left behind series... It was, they were all the rage, there were the books and then they became the movies. Did anyone, anyone see all of that? Yep, okay. It was what people were talking about in church and then we weren't, we just moved on. So with all that's happening in the world right now, some people are asking, are we living in the end times? Are we living in the last days? The books of the Bible that talk the most about the end times are Daniel, 1 and 2 Thessalonians and of course Revelation. So who's been brave enough to go to Revelation and read Revelation, right? It's confusing, right? How'd you go? How'd you go with Revelation? You Bible scholars are fine, but you know, the everyday people like me, there's horses and flashes and all sorts of things going on. Words like antichrist, the beast, Satan. And it all gets a little confusing, difficult to understand. The Bible was written to the people in that day, but it was also written to us in this day. In the book of Revelation, it was written to Christians suffering terrible persecution under the Roman Empire, living in the province of Asia, which is Turkey, between AD 90 and 95, but... It's also written to us, to explain what is going to happen when Christ returns and the devil's reign will be put to an end forever. Who's looking forward to that? Yes, amen. One and two Thessalonians was written to a church at, I can't even say it, I can't just say it, anyway, that place, Nica. Yeah, I know, I know what it is, I just can't say it, I don't know why. (sighs) Some people in that church thought that Jesus had already returned. They thought they'd missed it. They probably saw the Left Behind movie, (laughs) read the books and thought, that's it, I've missed it. They didn't do that, but they did think that Jesus had already come. And Paul wanted to reassure them that it hadn't happened yet. And then another part of that book, if you read about it, it talks about the importance of work. And um, some scholars believe that it was, that the people in the church, they just stopped working because they thought Jesus was coming, so what was the point? And Paul wrote to them and he, he, he sort of wanted to kick them in the butt and say, guys, work is important, work is good, get back to work. So there's a lesson in that for all of us. We all should work. Right, Okay. Daniel was written to give us a history of the Jews in exile. But from chapter 7, it switches. It switches to talk about the future and Jesus and the end times. Okay, so they're the books that we look at in this topic. So are we living in the last days? You might want to know. The short answer is yes, we are. But let's keep in mind what the Apostle Peter said. 1 Peter 1 verse 20, God chose him as your ransom long before the world began and now in these last days he has been revealed for your sake. Peter believed he was living in the last days over 2,000 years ago and of course there's the scripture that we've looked at last month with our By My Spirit series where the Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, Acts 2.17, it starts with, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Has the Spirit been poured out? We've been living in the last days for a very long time. Our days are numbered by the Lord. Moses wrote a beautiful psalm that says that, Psalm 90, I believe it is. We are here to make a difference while we're here in the world. That's the focus. Yes, we're in the last days, but what do we do? We make a difference. McCrindle, you've heard of McCrindle? They do research. Anyway, they did some research last year, and here's some um, some information from them. McCrindle looked at Australia in 2020 and they found that faith practices have increased since 2019. They've gone up. More people are thinking about purpose, God conversations are up, and so is prayer. One in two people are having thoughts about mortality, that won't surprise you. 33% of people are having more thoughts about God during COVID. One in four had an increase in faith activities, e.g. God's God conversations and praying more. One in four people. What does that mean? To me, it means people are open. It means we have opportunities to share the good news, to share the truth. So how do we respond to living in these last days? That's that's what we're going to look at right now. I've got three points. The first one is Really simple, don't worry, don't worry, because there's panic, have you found there's panic, there's fear being thrown at us continually. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything, tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Here's the truth, God is in control and we don't have to worry and we don't have to be anxious by what we see around us. When we see gloom and doom around us, and we do every day, we can rely on this fact. God is still sovereign. Your God is still sovereign. And your God is still in control. And we don't deny reality. Times have been difficult. Times are difficult for many people. We don't deny what's going on, but we don't allow it to steal our peace and our joy. In fact, we go into those situations where there may be gloom and doom and we bring peace and joy and we bring hope. I'm talking to my pastor friends who are in lockdown at the moment and that's, that can be a struggle, can't it? To choose joy, to choose to not be anxious and worried about the situations that we see. But that's, that's why we're... <laughs> That's what Christians do. Isaiah 2.2 says in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. The church will get brighter and brighter as the world gets darker and darker. If you read Revelation... You will see that there is a good ending here. The good ending is that Jesus will return at just the right time. He will come back. And by the way, nobody knows when he's coming back. Matthew 24:36 36 says, However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, only the Father knows. So if anyone tells you that they know, it's just their best guess. They don't know unless they're God. He's got the whole world in his hands. He does. And the bottom line is we can trust him and keep hope alive. Because as Christians, we bring hope over fear. We bring forgiveness over hate. We bring generosity over greed. And we always, always, always bring the good news. Okay, so, we don't worry. The second thing is we, we stand firm. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3 says this. It's talking, about the, it's talking specifically about the second coming of Christ. It says, don't be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness, which is the Antichrist, is revealed the one who brings destruction. I want to bring two things out of this verse. It says, don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. Don't look around and be deceived by the culture because our culture is very anti-Christ. Would you agree? Don't be deceived by that. Don't get sucked into lies and heresy. Stand firm in your faith. Stand firm on what the Bible says. Stand firm in the truth. Don't let it slip or slide. Hold on to Christ. And secondly, it says that people will fall away from Christ before he returns. Let's not be one of those. Let's not fall away from Christ. Because the the culture is antichrist. It it tells us that happiness is found in having things and you should get all you can as quickly as you can for yourself. Security is found in money and power and status. And above all else, just seek pleasure, convenience. Be as comfortable as you can. Because this this life on earth is all there is. This life on earth is not all there is. If we're just living for this life on earth... Eternity goes for a lot longer. One of the things that I have found, I've, it's, uh, it's been puzzling actually, the amount of people who since COVID have just thought, oh, well, it's not important to come to church anymore. The Bible says, do not neglect the gathering together. I know I'm biased, I'm a pastor. And I know that you're, I'm preaching to the choir because you're all here. <laughs> Just sharing my heart with you this morning. Our culture tells us to live a life of convenience rather than surrender. The extreme of this, and this happens with people in the church, is thinking that God is actually here to work for us, functioning in it as our personal assistant. God, I'd like that, please. Can you organize that, please? Squeezing him into our image, what we think he should be like, and when he allows suffering in our lives, we get mad. When he doesn't answer our prayers, we think he's being unfair. When his word says things that we find uncomfortable, we just sort of skip over them. Can I say, don't be those ones that fall away. Don't turn away from holiness and living by the truth of his word. Stay true to God. Because there is coming a day, there is coming a day when all evil will end, all hell will come face to face with God and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is coming a day, it will happen. So, don't worry, stand firm and lastly, let's make sure we're focusing on the right thing, let's focus on sharing the good news and being good stewards while we're here on earth. Romans 1 says this for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ it's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes first the Jews first and then also the Gentile that's everyone as I've already said eternity is a very 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 long time and we want everyone with us in eternity don't we and our focus shouldn't be on are we living in the last days as much as how many people can I impact for Christ while I'm here? How many people can I impact for the kingdom while I'm here? Jesus, while you've got me here, can I please impact people? Can I please bring as many as I can into heaven? The Bible says we're the salt of the earth. We're the salt. You're the salt of the earth. I was talking to a pastor once. And he said to me, "Oh, I'm just going I'm just going to go and I'm just to research on the last days and see where we're at." And I thought in my head, because I've been at his church, you would be better off spending your time figuring out how you're going to welcome people into your church, rather than focusing on that. Now that may sound harsh, but I've been there to his church, so I know what needs to ha- what some things that he could. Improve on. Pastor Phil sent, Pastor Phil Pringle, head of our movement, sent this out in an email. Part, part, This is part of what he sent out in an email this week. I'm going to read it to you. Our focus must me. me start again. Our focus must remain on the overarching sovereignty of God, who has the final authority over all the earth. God is bigger. His government is above all others. Our eyes should, not be, on, uh, our eyes should be on Him above all else. <laughs> we should neither be alarmed, fearful, or distracted from Christ and His purpose of bringing salvation to people, making disciples, and building His church. We are called to do that. And we are called to be good stewards of the earth while we're here on earth. Which brings us... You can play... Thank you, Jackie. In the last few moments, I'm going to touch this much on climate change, which is huge. It's a huge topic. And some people get really fearful about it. And there are so many different opinions about it. God does not want us to be fearful. He does want us to steward this earth and take care of it. I'm no scientist. And I'm not going into great detail, but here's just a few little points. History is very helpful with this topic. Climate has changed from periods of being warmer to being cooler for hundreds and thousands of years. And it's not easy to get a lot lot of accurate details about it. A study of tree rings show that Scotland had hotter summers 100 years ago, and a study of ice cores show that Greenland has also had times of greater warmth. We had terrible bushfires, who remembers, 18 months ago but they were not the biggest bushfires in Australia's history. Our hottest temperatures and worst droughts happened over a hundred years ago. The bushfires in the USA are not the biggest that they've ever had, not by a long shot. They're only the biggest since 1983. We should take care of the environment, but we shouldn't be fearful. because God created the earth. We need to support decision, careful and wise decisions by our government as the climate changes, but we need to remember that God created the whole earth. Genesis 8, says this, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. God is in control. God is sovereign. God does not God wants us to steward and look after, but he doesn't want us to be fearful. And the bottom line, the bottom line for all of it is to be trusting him, trusting God. You can trust him. He's got it in his hands. He's coming back. Hope is not found in politics, in the media, in finances, in the economy. It is found in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at C3ChurchWatson.com.